The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, today we're going to be talking about Ebola. Just would you just as if there weren't enough things to for us to worry about the economy, terrorism, um, all kinds of personal issues. Uh, now we have a new one, <laughs> Ebola, a new one to keep you up at night. And the show is: Is this any way to control an epidemic? And you can tell by that question that I don't think it is. I don't think my guest thinks it is either. His name is Dr. Ted Brower. He is an expert in biological science and naturopathic medicine. And we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, another thing that we don't want to think about, but we need to. And the idea is, will Ebola be coming to a hospital, home, or school near you? That's a real question these days. Should you be worried? Is the government too complacent? These are some of the questions that we're going to be addressing today. Um, I'm sure a lot of you, just like uh, I was, kind of shocked at the idea that after weeks or months, of hearing from the CDC and the government and so on that we don't have to worry about Ebola. It's not going to come to America. Uh, all of a sudden, it was invited into America with the two uh, medical professionals who were working in Africa, Kent Brantley and Nancy Wrightball, Wrightball who uh, got airlifted or flown in a, in a special airplane uh, to Atlanta where I was last week. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, what about that? These are people who risk their lives, um, volunteering, serving in Africa, uh, working with these deathly ill patients. They contracted the disease. What should happen with them? Um, do we leave them in Africa and try to treat them there? Or do we bring them, invite them into the United States and risk uh, spreading the disease here? My guest today, Dr. Brower, is uh, going to help us talk about these issues and try to come to some, some answers that will help you to think about this uh, as the days continue and as I believe this is going to be more of a serious problem in the U.S. and, of course, in other countries all over the world. So welcome to the show, Dr. Ted. Oh, hey, uh, Carol. Thank you for having me on today. I just uh, really, I want to listeners to realize that right now in the United States, Ebola is not a problem. This is not a threat in the United States yet. And if it was, I'd tell you, but it's not. Okay. And here's the problem that I have is exactly what you've already stated. The, uh, the uh, university there were in Atlanta where the disease is being taken to as far as the hospital there. It's a level two containment facility and Ebola is a level four containment disease. And I don't understand why they did that because number one, 
the Centers for Disease Control has a level four quarantine facility there at the CDC in Atlanta. And I don't know why they were taken to Emory to start with because it didn't make any sense to me because it's a level two facility. I've called up Emory. Could you explain that a little more, meaning that the level um, two doesn't contain a level four illness? That's correct. That's correct. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me give you an example. A level one is basically a, just a almost like a hospital emergency room, you know, with a, with a quarantine facility in there or an intensive care unit. A level two basically steps up quite a bit, and you have different ways of disposing of pathogens, different ways of handling pathogens. You need to wear masks and gloves, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, level three is, is a little bit more advanced than that. Level four containment is basically a plastic room that's basically the entire room has a plastic liner around it, and, and it basically uh, has its own airflow system in that one room. In addition to that, when the person walks in, they literally walk in almost what looks like a space suit, and they have to plug their umbilical into an external air supply. That's what level four is supposed to be contained in. This is not it. And so I was just shocked. Two weeks earlier, I was doing shows on why in the world the borders were being left open and that we had a potential of pathogens coming into the United States. I had absolutely no idea that the administration was going to allow Ebola to be flown in by private jet. Now, mind you, I don't believe there's really a high risk of contamination as far as them doing this because I think they're going to be extremely, extremely careful. But the problem is it's still reckless behavior, and it shouldn't have been done. The medicine that was given to them could have been flown there just as easily as they were being flown back here. But then when you look at the uh, patent office and you, you know, look up Ebola, the United States government has multiple patents on Ebola, which I find just a little bit odd. I don't know if you knew that or not. And also they have patents on the different types of vaccines, supposedly, that can be developed from it. So I don't understand the entire parameter of all of this that's going on and why they were brought back here, unless they were going to be test subjects for some type of vaccine they were trying to use or some type of cure they were trying to orchestrate for them there in Atlanta. I don't understand it. It's above my pay grade. It's just a question that I have to ask. But the problem is we have over 1,000 people now that have basically died from Ebola. Those numbers hit that over 1,000 today. Uh, we, had, we had like 40 or 50 more die over the you know, last few days. And it's not in a geometric growth progression yet. It's still arithmetic. But if it goes geometric and it really starts going up, 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 uh, it's going to be bad. Uh, University of uh, – or the, the Canadians, they did a study a couple years ago, and they found that when they put pigs in a room with – that were infected with Ebola, and they had the uh, cat and monkeys in there with them that were separated by fencing where they had no physical contact, that within 10 days the monkeys became infected with the Ebola. Mm. And some scientists believe that means that it may have gone airborne. Also, mm. what's interesting about this too, Dr. Carroll, is the original Ebola would lose its efficacy or its ability to transmit after like the third person. It would mutate out. It wouldn't be effective anymore. This one doesn't seem to do that. It continues mm-hmm. to go and go and go. And the other one was, was phototropic. In other words, if it got a UV light, it killed it. This one doesn't do that. And so uh, basically it's been changed. Now, I don't know how it got changed. I mean, I'm not going to even speculate on that, you know, again, above my pay grade for what I do. But it just seems odd to me that it got released. Now it's been percolating in Africa now, you know, since the beginning of the year. And now it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger in Africa. You know, and Dr. Horowitz, he basically wrote a really good book. I just got it in this week. And it talked about Ebola and the AIDS virus and where it came from. And basically, basically uh, they, he said they were both uh, they were both. Uh, biological weapons. That's why they were developed. Now, whether he's right or wrong, I don't know, but his evidence in this book is extremely convincing. I started reading that now, and he seems to be one of the foremost leaders on Ebola in the world. And so I find that kind of 
interesting that he says it's a bioterror weapon and we have a patent on it through the United States government listed at the patent office. I mean, well, wouldn't that be uh, somewhat comforting to know that we have the patent? <laughs> <laughs> Russia probably has a bunch of... Well, Russia was working on it, too, according to his book. So I, I don't know. I mean, so the, here's the whole thing. Should we all be stressed out right now that they brought Ebola to the United States? Well, we certainly shouldn't be happy about it. That's a fact, okay? Now, if you're, if you're a member of Samaritan's Purse and you're a missionary and you're going to work in Africa, and you're going to work in a hospital that you know is infected with Ebola, you know there's a possibility you're going to come down with Ebola. And if you're willing to take that chance, then you need to realize that you need to stay in Africa and not be brought back to the United States if you catch this type of disease, this level 4 pathogen. Before, when the people would have a level 4 pathogen that would be released like this or be developed or mutated in the environment, uh, they would be, if they had to be evacuated, they'd be brought to a military ship if they were U.S. citizens, and the military ship would have a level 4 containment on that ship, and yeah. the ship would never be brought back to shore. They, they, for some reason, they bypassed that entire protocol. And I also spoke with Dr. Stanley Monteith, who's another researcher who worked extensively with AIDS and Ebola in Africa back in the 80s. And he was actually on, in, on, in present there, on, in, you know, in Africa. And he told me what they did in Africa is when they first had the Ebola erupt, that they would actually cordon off the entire village and basically uh, put a 100-yard kill zone around the village and put troops around the 100-yard kill zone with signs mm-hmm. and everybody in there that basically, you know, we'll send you medical as we can. If you try to get past this 100-yard kill zone, you will be shot. Hmm. He said, and, and he said that's how they stopped it, because it would go through the village. Whoever was going to be susceptible to it would basically come down with the Ebola. If they weren't, they weren't. And then after it was all said and done and it had run its course, whoever was going to die was dead, then they would go in and clean it all up and burn the village. That's what he told me the other night on a talk show I did with him. Now, I wasn't Af- in Africa with him, but he's very, very credible, and I believe what he's saying. But to bring a level four pathogen again to the United States doesn't even make any sense to me. It's just nuts. But there are some things we can do nutritionally. We need to increase the ability of our body. Oh, well, before system. we, but, but let's let's wait to get to the cures. <laughs> but okay. let's, well, we'll talk about that. But let's talk some more about. I mean, you know, there is the, um, Doctors Without Borders, for example, is saying that they already think that this outbreak is out of control, and it does seem to be that it, it um, is in Africa. It is in Africa. Well, and it and it seems like people are being able to leave Africa. I mean, now we have a. a a priest in Spain. We have there were some people who were um, uh, missionaries in Africa who didn't uh, come down with the symptoms yet, but who were flown back to a to be in quarantine in their homes in the U.S. I forgot. Do, do you I know what I'm talking too, about? Yeah. I read it to you. I don't remember their names, but no, you're absolutely right. I have a missionary friend of mine. His name I'm not going to give you his name because of what I told him, but he's a pastor. And he he emailed me two weeks ago and told me uh, basically he wanted to, he was raising money to go to Africa, and I emailed him back and I said, this is not only reckless it's stupid, and he go and he emailed me like he's all mad. I've known the guy for thirty years, good friend. You can only talk like that to a friend or they never talk to you again. Mm-hmm. And I never <laughs> talk, I never I never talked to him that direct before. And he emailed me back. He goes, that was very harsh. And I said, you don't understand what this is. I do. I spent four hundred hours in the biochemical genetics lab at Florida State University. This is bad. This is really bad, Robin. I said, you're going to go over there, and even if you're not in an area where there is Ebola, these airplanes are flying all over from country to country. With not, they're not being sterilized with, with, with bleach mm-hmm. when, they get, when they land. And I said, and people are throwing up, they're vomiting, they're dying on the planes. And I said, and, and people are getting on the planes immediately thereafter mm-hmm. without having to pray in a proper quarantine facility. And this stuff lives 
in vomit. It lives in feces. It lives on the dead body. And I said, you don't need to be going to Africa right now. I said, this is just reckless, reckless, reckless behavior. Wait a year. See what happens with Ebola. If they get it back under control, go in a year. Africa's not going anywhere. Okay, and, of course, but then of course that, he got all mad at him. But that, yeah, but that, that, that brings up um, a really serious issue. The more I was reading on this, you know, a lot of countries are already suffering um, from not having enough medical personnel. Either they're dying or they're afraid to, to work, you know, to treat Ebola patients or, or, or they're not coming from other countries to treat yeah, you, Ebola. You, you, I could go ditto, ditto, ditto. You, you, you're, you're one, and the problem with this is I knew a lot about biochemical genetics already. I knew somewhat about Ebola a month ago when I started doing the research on it. But the problem is the more you dig into this, the less we're being told is true on the media. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, you've seen it too now because you, you've just said that. I mean, this thing is completely and totally blown up in Africa. Okay, it's in like they're saying now. I last thing I read it was in seven countries. Uh, you know, Liberia. The president of Liberia has already closed the airport. She's the only one who has any sense over there. And she says there's dead bodies all over the streets. Nobody mm. wants to come there. Nobody wants to pick the bodies up. Wow. And, she said, and then she said the problem is when they have their burial practices in Liberia, when the next of kin comes to the funerals, one of their burial practices yes. is to touch the bodies. Yes. And so it's spreading to all of the next of kin. So this is one of those diseases that could completely devastate Africa and why we have not closed airplane flights into Africa. Yes. The entire yes. continent of Africa right now is beside me. I, maybe South Africa would be okay still to go into maybe Egypt and maybe Morocco and those other areas that are not affected, especially on the west horn or the, east, or the central or the eastern parts of Africa where it's in such dire poverty. And like you said, they're already running out of medical personnel to handle the problem. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, we need to take a break here, but there's lots more to talk about. My guest is Dr. Ted Brower. We're talking about Ebola. Is this any way to control an epidemic? You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. 
talking with you today about Ebola. Not trying to get you in a panic, get one more thing to make you be in a panic, but um, really what I'm doing, I guess, um, is trying to, with my guest, Dr. Ted Brower, trying to um, get you to be aware of what's going on. You know, of course, it's been in the media, but just we're putting it all together here um, so that you can perhaps call your congressman, write to people, um, you know, uh, make your voices heard on the Internet, and so on. Um, if you believe, as I do, that this is not any way to control an epidemic and that um, there is a danger here in bringing more, in purposely, you know, that, that's the thing, Dr. Ted, that just really gets me. You know, for, I mean, you know, for months, um, we've been hearing the, the party line through the media. Oh, don't worry. It's not coming to America. And then all of a sudden there's a 180 and we're, we're hearing how the planes are bringing Ebola to America. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. And forgive me for, I'm, I'm like you. I'm, I'm, sl- I'm chuckling under my breath with you because, you know, the problem is the, the lamestream, mainstream prostitutes, media, mm-hmm. uh, all they do is lie. And, you know, and a lot of the big drug companies own a lot of the big patents and own a lot of the big things that they're doing. And the problem they don't understand is this. When you bring something like a level four contagion in the United States, if we get a few hundred thousand people with Ebola, it's going to be pretty rough on the medical system as it is. We get a few million people with Ebola, we're going to overwhelm the entire system. The entire system's going to collapse as far as the infrastructure of medical care in the United States. Mm-hmm. And that's what nobody seems to be thinking about. And it's interesting to me because, you know, we were talking about the psychosis of someone <laughs> or something. What, what's wrong with them clinically for them to want to bring a level four pathogen and put it into a level two containment facility? And it's, just, it's almost to the point of being laughable from an ironic standpoint because it's so stupid to me and to you as scientists that it doesn't make any sense. It's like my pastor friend who was going there and still going there. I said to him, I said, you don't understand what this is. I do. You don't understand how incredibly stupid stupid this is, you flying to Africa now and going into Sierra Leone or Liberia. I said, I can't understand why you would do something like this. This doesn't even make sense. Well, okay, but here's the deal. You know, people, there's there's been, aside from Ebola before this outbreak, there has been an increasing shortage, (laughs) um, a decreasing number of people, uh, probably because of all of the stresses that we're under prob- for a number of reasons, the breakdown of the family, the you know terrorism, all kinds of things that people are are just um, feel burdened with all the, all these stressors. But there has been, and especially the economic situation, there has been um, a lessening of people being um, altruistic, wanting to do these kinds of things like your priest friend. Um, you know, wanting to, people, there's been this incredible epidemic of me, you know. Um, I mean, there was always the me generation and so on, but it, it seems like people are closing up and becoming more about me, about themselves. Go ahead. I agree with you, but the problem is it's not that. He's got young children at home. Mm. he'll be bringing this stuff back to the young kids. I didn't tell him not to go to Africa. I told him the way. He was just in Africa about eight or nine months ago. He's already been there doing the same thing that he's going to do again. And I told him, I said, you know, the, the epidemic here with Ebola has gotten out of hand of these countries that you want to go to. And I said, there's no guarantee that you're even going to get on a on an airplane with the person who was sitting in the seat before you got on the plane who didn't have an Ebola. And I said, Robin, if this is, isn't something that you need to do right now, you basically need to just wait for another year, because I agree with you 100%. If you, if you want to be altruistic and you want to go over there and you say, hey, if I die, I die, okay, I got that. 
But then you need to leave yourself over there to die and not drag yourself back into another country to recase. Because that's the problem that we're well, having. I mean, remember, remember two weeks ago when Sawyer collapsed on that plane and his own vomit and diarrhea? And also they did, they had that basically evacuated when he was flying around over there in Sierra Leone and Liberia. And then what ended up happening is they pulled him off the plane and he died right after he got off the plane. And then eight people now have been infected on that same airplane mm. and have to go through his vomit in the stool that he had mm. lost. Last week we got a lady at Gatwick. She, she, she just left Sierra Leone, falls at the jet bridge, dies in a pile of vomit. And now they say, oh, well, don't worry, she didn't have Ebola. What the heck did she have that did that? Uh-huh, I uh-huh. Mean, you know, and see, the problem is they've lied to us so much. I mean, the, the federal government has lied so much. And I'm not just talking about this current administration. I'm talking going all the way back, all the way back to Woodrow Wilson in 1913 with the passage of the Federal Reserve Act and the IRS stuff and all the stuff that he did dragging everybody into World War I. I, and you've got to take it all the way back. But, you know, my favorite president of the last century was John F. Kennedy. And I was blessed to be alive when, I, when, he, when he was shot. And I wasn't happy that he got shot, but I was, I was born in the 50s. And so I remember the shooting of JFK. But the point is, he's the finest president that we have. He yeah. stood up against the special interests, and he's a Democrat. So people say, well, are you a Democrat? No, I'm an independent. I vote for whoever I think the best candidate is. This stupid label that we're putting on these people doesn't make any sense to me anymore, because they all act the same anyhow. You've got to well, find the people that are telling the truth and put them in office. Yes. Well, let's talk about um, the psychological aspects of this in terms of when the, when the people first were brought to Atlanta. One of the things, and, and of course now, as we've been talking about, it's much more widespread than Atlanta, but that came first. And um, I was talking about how I was concerned that what if um, people get sick around them, not necessarily with Ebola. I mean, yes, of course, the doctors, the other patients in the hospital and so on could, could, could get contaminated. Um, but what about people who become sick because of psychosomatic illness? What if they start developing the symptoms, of fl- their flu-like symptoms? I'm going to talk about the symptoms more later, but they're basically flu-like symptoms. You could have vomiting, diarrhea, all these headache, uh, fever. All of these things can come about psychosomatically. And what I was concerned about was um, the uh, people falling ill around these people who, who were brought back, and then people around them feeling that they're becoming psychosomatically ill, you know, thinking that they were, uh, that they caught it from the person, you know, who, who, who got it originally. I mean, you know, down the line, in other words, spreading out uh, like a ripple in a pond. And, but based on a, it could happen on a psychosomatic basis. Well, you know, what's interesting about that, I remember uh, George Bush, who also was one of my favorite presidents, Bush too, and I know them both. I've, I know them both. I've, I've done a, almost 80 seminars with George Sr. and Barbara Bush and Schwarzkopf and Colin Powell. I've had dinner with all of them. I, know, I knew them on a one-on-one basis, and uh, I know them all. And I know George Bush Jr. too, uh, George W., I guess. I, I, mean, I only met him one time, and I spoke to him at length about the economy and the M1 money supply and some other things after he got out of office. But what's interesting to me with all of this is that, you know, George Bush back in the early 2000s after 9-11, we had the SARS scare, signed an executive order basically stating that, you know, anybody who had SARS could be quarantined and held, you know, basically by the military, you know, and basically locked up, put away, disappeared, so to speak. And uh, in King Obama a couple of weeks ago, Forgive me for calling King Obama. I know it's terribly disrespectful, but I still respect what he's done to the country. Yeah. He basically, he, he took that same executive order and he changed it, uh, Dr. Carroll. And he made it now that if you have a cold or upper respiratory infection or the sniffles or for any reason like that, you can be detained and basically disappear now. 
and just like you did with the SARS. And so, I mean, how many people I think don't we should be this? careful. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, mean, or, I mean, the whole thing is nuts because you're right. You know, you know, until you said that, I had never even thought about the psychosomatic implications of this because you're absolutely right. Anybody who gets around anybody could start thinking, oh, my gosh, I think I've got, you know, Ebola. You know, I've, <laughs> you know, I've got the sniffles now, and, you know, I'm going to quarantine myself in my house, and it could, just, it could be a ripple effect. It could just go through. Because the Ebola thing, if it's not airborne, which they're saying it's not, the study that was done out of Canada says that it is, if, whoever's telling the truth on this one, if it's airborne, it could be bad. If it's not airborne... It's not that easy to catch. You have to come in direct contact with the fluids from the body. Uh, okay, but that, but as you were saying, I mean, it's not that hard to catch either because blood, stool, urine, saliva, semen, or things contaminated by I, the infected I know, person, I know, I know, like I know. clothing that that person wore <laughs> or a dead I'm, body. It, it doesn't to have to be down. I'm trying not to get on my desk and start yelling for everybody to go, you know, go, go correct Congress, you know. I, I mean, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be reasonable here, trying to make it like, okay, we're not, it's not time to panic yet. We start getting tens of thousands of people contracting Ebola in the United States. It's time to get panicky. It really is. And by that time, they're going to be closing all the airports, closing all the commerce. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think that the United States has a good enough hospitalization, unless we're overwhelmed from the immigrants coming from South America with the tuberculosis, with the dengue fever, with the polio, and all the things they're bringing back in the United States. And another thing, too, and you know this as well as I do, a lot of parents, because of some of the side effects of some of the immunizations that their children are yes. giving, okay, yes. they've chosen not to immunize. Yes. Okay, I'm, I'm not talking about one or two. I'm talking about millions of people now in the United States yes. have not immunized their children. Because of the fear of autism, particularly, yes. That's right. And with you all know. of these immigrants coming over with, with illnesses that we haven't seen here in ages, because, uh, it, it is a very dangerous it, it situation. And it was safe for the parents who didn't immunize to do so because these diseases are gone. And now yes. all of a sudden they're bringing these yes. diseases and they're putting them into the school systems with our children. And these kids aren't even being quarantined for a, a day. Yes. They're being processed immediately and being busted and shipped. And they're now they've redefined children up to the age of 23. <laughs> and they got gang members coming across. They're fully tattooed up. Uh, they're part of the Mexican cartel. they got African gang members coming across. That's a thousand Africans have already tried to come across the border from the west one of Africa to the Mexican borders this past nine months. And they could be already infected with the Ebola virus. And, and we know there's been a huge drug smuggling cartel coming out of Africa for years, running through Peru, going through Central America, up through Mexico into the United States. And all of these people now are just being unleashed. You know, King Obama has said that he wants six million people across the border by the end of summer. I mean, Dr. Carroll, I don't understand any of this. I mean, I'm 58 years old, almost 59. I've been around for a long time. If, if you go to Mexico and sneak across the border and tell them you want to live there and, and draw their Social Security and their money that they have there, they put you in prison. <laughs> you know, they don't, yes. they don't do this. Yes. They, they, don't, they don't let you do any of this. And now we're not getting them just from Mexico. We're from Honduras and Guatemala and, and even they're talking Asia, um, from Asian countries, Africa, well, because, you because said. That's, that, that's right, because they're coming through. Because, they be, because basically King Obama said, we no longer have a southern border, so have fun. Yes. And they're kind of like trying to do what they've done to Europe with the yes. uh, European yes. Union, that there is yes. no... Oh, if, you know, I know, I was in uh, Berlin about four months ago, and we were almost robbed. I mean, it was bad. It was really bad. I can tell you the whole story if you wanted to, but it take a few minutes. But we were basically almost robbed by folks out of Romania. Hmm. And uh, we were in the car, and we were accosted in the car. Lucky I never got the windows rolled down. I mean, it was hmm. ridiculous. And I got to the hotel, and I because I speak German, and I, I took German in college, and I told them, I said... Uh, you know, I need to talk to the police. I need to have you call the police. And I said, uh, and I, I think in German, I said, "Do must the police on roof for me a bit?" In other words, call the police for me, please. And they said, uh, "What for?" And I said, "I told them what happened." They started laughing. 
Huh. They said those are the Romanians. They said every day people get murdered and shot, killed and raped, and children are stolen and sold in the sex slave trade by the Romanians here in Berlin. Hmm. And they said they were after your nine year your eleven year old daughter in the back seat. Oh wow. And I That's... looked at them and I and I'm like I said, This is not okay with me. <laughs> and they said, It's not okay with us either. We didn't ask for this. It's the open borders we have with Romania. The Romanian mob is here and their sex slave traffic is coming through our country. And you saw that. Remember that one movie, Taken, with Lehman Nielsen. I don't know if you ever watched that movie or not. It was, it was, it was, it was on a couple of years ago. What that was, that mob that they, were, that they were symbolizing was that Romanian mob, according to the people that I spoke to who knew about that movie, that was in Europe and that's right now in Berlin. And, you know, and the sad part about it is there's nothing they can do because the borders are wide open in Europe now. And I guess that's what Obama's planning on doing in the United States or the globalists that run the United States are planning on doing that because yes. I personally don't think King Obama's making these decisions. Yes. I think all of this is above his pay grade. Yes, yes, I know. The whole thing is incredibly disturbing. And, of course, you know, of course the original concern that seems to be, you know, forgotten um, is the idea of terrorists coming across the borders, because that certainly is something that uh, has not stopped with 9-11. Um, actually well, wrote... and, and, and plus, look, look what's going on with Russia right now. Look what's going and on with Russia, Ukraine. yes, it, of course. It's like, it's, like, it's like you said at the beginning of the show. It's not that we don't have enough mess with the economy, with this crazy president, with this crazy Congress, with this crazy Senate, with all of the crazy judges now, with all of this crazy stuff, with, you know, with the people, all, all high unemployment that we have, with the breaking, the, 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 the dissolution of the nuclear family, with the loss of ethics, the loss of morals in the United States. It's not that we don't have enough to deal with. Now we've got to deal with a right, right. I mean, it's, it's, almost like, it's like, almost like learned helplessness, in which they're putting us in a yeah. state of this fear, in which you know, we're going to end up with normalcy bias and Stockholm syndrome and everything else because of the stress that they're putting on us all at once that our body and our psyches can't simply deal with. Yes, absolutely, which is why some of the people are acting uh, this way, because they feel like they're not going to be living very much longer anyway, you know, it has, which relates to post-traumatic stress disorder and everything well, else. The, 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 about ten years ago, I felt, I felt that one time. Ten years ago, we live in central Florida. That's where I live now, south of Orlando. And ten years ago, we had three hurricanes come over our house in six weeks. And I tell you what, you talk about feeling helpless, it started making it feel pretty helpless after that. Yes, yes. Well, we're kind of helpless right now in having to take a break, but we will be back. <laughs> oh, we need to take a break. We're talking about Ebola. Is this any way to control an epidemic? We're obviously saying, no, I want, I'm, gonna, I'm standing on the t- desktop and, and getting you all to try to go out there and do something, um, you know, c- contact people in the government, contact right things on, on the Internet, make sure it's known what your feelings are. And, again, this is not to take anything away from the very brave people who go over there and try to help the people in Africa who, who did contract Ebola. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. My guest is Dr. Ted Brower. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. 
Dr. Carroll is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, with my guest, Dr. Ted Brower. We're talking about Ebola. Is this any way to control an epidemic? Um, Let's talk about... um, the uh, vaccine, you know, there's no cure for Ebola. Um, there is a, a vaccine that apparently has been used, untested in animals. I mean, it hasn't gone through the whole uh, rigmarole of what drugs are supposed to do before they finally get to people to help them. Um, but it's called ZMAP, and it actually was given to the people that came over um, in, to Atlanta. It was given to them in Africa still, and it did start to help them, Kent Brantley and Nancy Reitbull. And um, uh, the problem is... They gave it to the priest, too, but he died. Uh, the priest in Spain died? Yes. Oh, dear. Um, that was... That's, well, they, they, sent, um, they sent it to these two... The two people in Atlanta that I just mentioned, the priest, obviously, I guess it doesn't, well, I'm sure it depends on how advanced the, the illness is and so on. Well, the, 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 priest, the priest was 75 years old. Well, yeah. And I was going to talk about his immune system in a minute, too. Right. I was going to say, and how healthy the people are. The and heart. then also, they sent it recently to two doctors in Nigeria and Liberia. And apparently, at least this is what the company is saying, there is no more. Well, that's right. They, they're trying to make 100 doses of it now. Uh, apparently, it's a very specialized. We we know as well as I do when they do a vaccine. Very rarely when they put the uh, the antibodies in there for the or the, they put the antigens in there, uh, you produce the antibodies against. Uh, very rarely do they have very much of that in lab, and they have to they have to put tiny amounts of all of that stuff in the in the uh, in the test tubes or in the vials that they're using to create the vaccines. And then what they use they use adjuvants like squalene. Which uh, you know causes massive you know ir- irritation of the injection site and causes the body to develop more uh, you know antibodies against it uh, you know at that injection site. Uh, the problem with all of that is, is exactly what you've already said. There is no more. They're trying to make another hundred vials of it. It's probably going to be twenty thousand, thirty thousand, forty thousand dollars a shot when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be some insane number like that, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars in revenue for whoever the vaccine manufacturers are. And, you know, back in the – this is interesting. You, you, you probably don't know this, but I might be wrong, but this is one of the things I talked to you about on the break when I wrote that book on ADD and autism. Years ago, we had a lot of lawsuits, this is 20, 30 years ago, on the vaccine manufacturers. And what happened is they were about to all be put out of business because the, 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 uh, the, the attorneys – the law firms that were representing the kids that had been damaged by the thimerosal or whatever else was in the vaccine, which they won't really disclose that, were in, had developed all these autistic symptoms now. Uh, basically, we're filing these massive class action lawsuits. 
So they petitioned Congress to go in and stop any kind of lawsuits against them, or they said they're going to be all out of business as far as the vaccine producers. Now, what happened is when they did that, when they gave them carte blanche rule, basically no liability exposure whatsoever, they give you whatever they wanted to, and if you died, you died, they couldn't be sued. They put together a vaccine fund for people that were seriously injured by them. But the craziest thing about it is almost all of the research, all the double-blind clinical studies were being done, all the stuff that was being used to come bring all of this to court was being paid for by the law firms. Most people don't know that. And what happened is as soon as they knew they couldn't collect on all the money they were having to put into these trials, they all stopped the studies and all the research they were doing to basically give these vaccine manufacturers carte blanche, you know, rain or whatever they wanted to do. So if they give me, if they come to me and they say, we have an Ebola vaccine that we want to try on you, we haven't tested on animals yet, this should keep you from getting Ebola, I'm going to say, you know what, I'm going to keep my immune system strong because on that plane with, on that plane with Sawyer, eight people came down with, a, you know, with Ebola out of the 50 or 200 or whoever, you can't get accurate numbers from these people, who was on the plane, but not everybody got it. So there's some things you need to do. Number yes, we, 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 wait, 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 we, we'll stay, we'll talk about the cures at the end. It's a cure for the, you can build your immune system. Well, yes, we will well, talk about it at the end. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> at the end of the show. I like to leave on a, on a positive note, oh, so that's why I want to save okay, it for okay, the end, okay? okay? Um, uh, what was I going to say? I think... Um, uh, I, 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 well, one of the things, one of the things I wanted to talk about was um, how the movie, you know, I was talking about psychosomatic, you know, the impact of, of psychosomatic illnesses, the potential for that. Um, one of the reasons why that is so strong is because, now I know it was a few years ago, but there was a movie, and I think there have been a few movies. The one that I saw was Outbreak. Did you see that movie? Yes, with Dustin Hoffman. Excellent movie. And, I, I, um, I tried to watch it the other day, I couldn't find it. You went? I tried to watch it on our pay-per-view thing, and they didn't uh, have it available. Uh-huh. Well, um, I'm sure a lot of people today, <laughs> you know, have saw that movie. It wasn't that long ago. And when they hear Ebola, that's what they think of. That's right. And, of course, you know, that we, we saw the panic and all the devastation that happened in that movie. So um, that really fuels uh, what people think about when they think about Ebola. You know, also, let's talk about bioterrorism. I've been reading about how um, there is a controversy as to just how successful or even possible an Ebola bomb would be. But there are people who say, even though it would be difficult to put together, there are people who say that it certainly would be possible. And if that was dropped um, over a major city, of course, we would have a major problem. Uh, I, well, it all depends. I get, you know who you believe. If you believe that it can't be aerosolized, if you believe that it can't be have to be transmitted by physical contact or physical touch, if you believe that it can be it, it dies in light after a couple of minutes, which it, they say it doesn't anymore. It, see, that's the problem we're getting from the, the prestitute media. Yeah, there's so many. These, we don't know. We don't know. That's that's the problem. As for me, as a scientist, and you as a scientist. It's difficult for us to ascertain what the truth is because we're not involved in any kind of double-blind clinical research study using placebos and a real Ebola trial. Right, right. It does and does not die. And so what ends up happening is everything's based on speculation and on, on the best information that we can possibly get via the Internet. Now, before the Internet... Uh, Dr. Carroll, uh, it was it, man. We had the three major medias, and basically they told us whatever they wanted to tell us, and it was it was complete indoctrination. It was complete psychops all the time on the radio and TV, well, telling us what to believe, telling us what we're supposed to do, telling us how we're supposed to act. Well, what I was reading was about if they put it in a powder form, um, that that is something that might work. But the thing, well, well I want to get back to the vaccine, because the point is, if 
if um, we knew, if um, you know, the U.S. knew, which it apparently did, and you were talking about all those patents and so on, that this could potentially be, uh, at some point down the road, um, if not today, a, a tool of bioterrorism, and it is uh, classified like that, then why on earth weren't there more um, more vaccines produced, either like the ZMAP to try to treat it, or if not to prevent it? Well, okay, that's now you're okay. This is all speculation on my part, but I'm going to tell you what I think is going on for real. Okay, uh, you know we've got the whole thing. You know, you know, you remember Cloward and Piven? No. Uh, do you remember? Do you remember Doctors Cloward and Doctor Piven? They were they were professors at Columbia University back in the '60s. Okay, go ahead. You may, not, you may are you familiar with them? No, I'm not. Okay, that's okay. We're gonna I'm going to go ahead and just I'm gonna, let me tell you off audience who they were. Cloward and Piven hated the United States. They were basically communist sympathizers, and they hated the United States. And they basically became extremely radical there at Columbia, and they were teaching people how to basically under, overthrow the United States government. And what they said, basically, if you want to take the, the monster down, you've got to cut the giant wire. You've got, you got to slip into the camp in the middle of the night, and you've got to cut the giant's jugular vein into the middle of the night, let it bleed out so the giant never wakes up. It dies in its sleep. That was their mantra, basically, you know, it was, it was what they were trying to get across. And what the interesting thing about that was is they said what you do is you overwhelm the United States with social welfare programs. Hmm. You overwhelm them as far as free Medicare, free Medicaid, free health care, free everything, more and more and more and more social welfare until the giant completely collapses because of hmm. basically goes bankrupt. That was the Cloward Piven strategy that was being promoted at Columbia University back in the 60s. Now, what happens, we, now we see everything like you said. We've got... We've got all of this stuff going coming across the border. Obama wants six million people across the border by the end of summer. Now, that's nuts. Okay, you cannot possibly screen six million people by the end of summer. They're not screening anybody. They're putting them on buses. They're shipping them all over the United States. They're putting them in your children's classrooms. If you're listening to the show today, if you do not homeschool. Now, we've still got a couple of young kids at home, and we homeschool, and we feel pretty confident that's not going to be a problem for us because they don't have to associate with the kids that basically are coming from third world countries in South America because they're here at our house and we're able to protect them from that. Now, the Cloward Piven strategy has been very, very effective as far as the crippling of the United States. Uh, we've done it with debt, uh, you know, with, with, with uh, over $60 trillion that we owe the Social Security Trust Fund, the $18 trillion that they're actually on the books for showing. Uh, we're looking at the $1.4 quadrillion in unfunded derivatives that were basically credit that were issued in U.S. dollars. That's $1,400 trillion. I mean, the United States is fiscally insolvent. It is completely and totally bankrupt. You know, the U.S. dollar is collapsing as we speak. <laughs> now, this is supposed to, um, and people who are, we're talking about Ebola, worrying people about that, and now you're talking about the United States well, being but, 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 bankrupt. But, but, but I, I, say, I say all of that to say this. The reason that all of this is happening at once, again, yes. is yes. learned helplessness. It's all cognitive dissonance that they're trying to make us what they want us to be. They want us to give up on what they want. They want well, yes. a new world. They want a new yes. world order. They've told yes. us they want a one-world yes. government. That's what this is going to. And they don't. And then now we got Putin running around with all those nuclear weapons. And you know, in '83. You know, uh, Gorbachev uh, turned off that dead man switch over there. Now, you may not be familiar with that, but the dead man switch was if, the Ru- if Russia was attacked and the, and the leadership of the Kremlin was killed, okay, it would automatically launch all of its nuclear missiles into the West in one silo. It would all, they would all go out at one time, okay? And, and so what happened is two weeks ago, Putin turned the dead man switch back on. Mm. 
See, nobody knows that. It was 20, it was 20 years ago. They turned it off. 20 years later, you know, or actually 30 years ago, 30 years later, under this current administration, Putin's so spooked that they're fixing to attack Russia with it because they're talking about a first strike as possible now against Russia. And so Putin's saying, okay, if you want to strike us, strike us, but we're going to launch all of our submarines and everything. You, you wipe out our leadership, everything's going to be launched. And so the nuts about this whole thing is this. You know, everything is obfuscation, Dr. Carroll. And then once you start digging into this thing and start looking more and more into detail of all these different stories that are coming up, it's like every time something happens in the media, another story breaks to obfuscate. You've got the Fast and the Furious, all that was obfuscated. You've got IRS gate, all that's been obfuscated now with Ebola. You, you have the problem with all of these different things that have gone on with this administration. And every time something happens, something else happens that takes the new story away. It's all obfuscation. Yes, we, I, have to, I totally agree with you. Um, and that is all part of why, that contributes, of course, tremendously to the learned helplessness when we can't know what the truth is about anything from Ebola on down. That's we right. need to take another break. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. We're talking today about Ebola and, and, and other things uh, to scare the pants off of you <laughs> and to help you please, please go out there and do something about it. My guest is Dr. Ted Brower. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest today is Dr. Ted Brewer. He's an expert in biological science and neuropathic medicine and apparently (laughs) current events and politics. Um, This segment, this last segment, um, I want to be uh, a little more positive with solutions here. Now that we've terrified you, we've both terrified you in different ways, Um, uh, we're going to talk about the signs and symptoms of Ebola. I know that might not sound so positive, but <laughs> so that you can real negative real fast. So that you can recognize it. You know, it's best to be um, forearmed. Um, and 
And then also, um, Dr. Ted is going to tell you about the immune system and what you can do, which is, of course, you know, with this whole thing about there not being enough vaccines or no vaccines at the moment, um, you know, you will have to protect yourself, and there are ways that you can absolutely do that. So let me first tell you about the signs and symptoms of Ebola. Um, As I mentioned before, it generally comes on uh, like with flu-like symptoms, which makes it a little bit difficult to, to differentiate um, you know, from the flu. You might think you're getting the flu. There's f- fatigue, fever, headaches, joint and muscle pain, sometimes abdominal pain, vomiting, diarrhea, loss of appetite. Um, less commonly, you can have sore throat, chest pain, hiccup, shortness of breath, and trouble swallowing. And they come on usually in 8 to 10 days, but it can, be, it can take as long as 21 days to actually show symptoms once you're infected. There can be a rash. Now, here's the outbreak kind of stuff, the uh, movie outbreak. Um, you know, the drama in that came from all the bleeding. And, um, you know, it, in 40 to 50% of cases, there can be bleeding from such things as the gastrointestinal tract, your nose, vagina, gums, um, things if you've had a, an injection, puncture wounds, um, reddening of the eyes, bloody vomit, skin can, can show um, uh, hematomas, for example. You can vomit blood uh, and so on. But th- those are in the, in the later stages of the disease. And um, death comes, can come, if um, you don't recover, and it's due to a general organ dysfunction, um, you know, a breakdown, essentially, of, your, of all your organs, a breakdown in your system and your general uh, bod- bodily functions. So, but don't worry about the, the, you know, the bleeding and the breakdown. Just, um, you know, the key, of course, is that if you're having any of these flu-like symptoms that seem more serious than, than the normal flu, um, go to a hospital and get checked out, especially if you think there's any possible way, I mean, especially if you've been to Africa, but it's not just Africa. You know, since as we've been talking about, people are traveling all over the rest of the world, um, it can, you don't have to have gone to Africa to be concerned about this. Now, Dr. Ted, why don't you tell people what they should do um, to increase their immune system so that they can be, can feel less uh, frightened about this thing coming to them? And, uh, and if you want to have a, a uh, if you want to show us you know, the uh, psychosomatic symptoms, good, li- good luck with that list. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty, right. That's, a, that's about, about as crazy psychosomatic stuff as they have. I mean, I mean the, the sore throat, fever, that kind of stuff. But, I mean, some of that stuff is awful. So that, and that's one of the reasons that Ebola paints such a vivid picture is because of the blood. And uh, yes. that's why everybody's so scared of it. Yes. And the reality is, again, it's not very contagious if you, can, if you keep it contained in a laboratory. You just have to do proper protocols. You can't be sloppy with the patients and the handling of the free feces and that kind of stuff. Okay, uh, so, so tell the, us the about immune, what to do to, for our immune system. The immune system is vital because, remember, not everybody who's on the plane with Sawyer caught Ebola. Uh, number one, you've got to maintain a very, very strong immune system. The way you can do that, uh, if you go to uh, 10foods.com, we've got a brand-new book out. It's called Breakthrough Health. You can get a copy of that book, 10foods.com. It talks about boosting the immune system. If you want to go to healthmasters.com, that's my main website, healthmasters.com, we have a listing there of what you can do to build your immune system. I'm going to tell you where they are right now. Uh, Number one is you need to be taking vitamin C every day. That's really, really important. 
If you start getting the flu-like symptoms or something like that, I recommend you immediately go to a doctor's office and get an intravenous IV of vitamin C. They mm-hmm. can put up to 50,000 milligrams of vitamin C directly into your bloodstream. It has to be done by a medical doctor and a medical professional. It needs to be uh, done properly. And I've, done, I've had it done personally many, many times when I've caught a cold or the flu. It knocks it out almost immediately. That's number mm-hmm. one. Number two, you need to be taking some type of potassium iodide supplement every day. That's one of the most overlooked products in America today because a lot of the sea salts that people are using have not been fortified with potassium, so we have a potassium iodide. So we have a severe deficiency of that in many people now. I'm surprised we're getting goiters everywhere. But potassium iodide, 13 milligrams a day is the dosing for that. And make sure you get a good high-quality source. D3, which is a vitamin D as in dog 3, make sure from a lanolin-based source, it stops the cytokine storm that occurs with this massive inflammation from different types of diseases. And I believe it would also really, really help the body as far as with Ebola, keeping the immune system strong. Next would be a product that we have that's called Immune Support. It's a very, very good product of immunoglobulins. And then the fifth product would be another product we have that's called Viagraphics, which specifically fights viruses. And uh, those are the five products that I would suggest taking immediately if you've got a problem with any type of respiratory infection, works absolutely wonderful. And again, the website is 10foods.com or healthmasters.com. But that is what I take every single day. I take those products every single day. I keep my immune system extremely strong, and I always stay extremely healthy. Wow. That's, that's interesting that you take it every day. This is way before Ebola. Oh, no, I've been taking this for years. In fact, I was on a cruise ship last year uh, you know, with Holland America, and uh, they had a uh, norovirus breakout on the ship. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we had projectile vomiting everywhere. Oh, God, it was awful. And I was stuck on the ship for days with this, pro- this problem going on, and we were trying to make it back to the port in Miami, and uh, it was awful. The CDC had a cold, code red lockdown on the ship. They constantly the center. They were bringing bodies off on stretchers on the side of the boat. It was it was crazy, and uh, I mean I mean it was I don't know whether they were dead or alive. I don't know. All I know is it was absolutely horrific, and I never got sick. And but I was taking those supplements in advance. Plus I washed my hands, Doctor Carroll. The biggest problem we have in the United States for some reason we can't get people to wash their hands after they use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And, I mean they go to these they go to these public facilities. Let me explain something to you. When you walk into a public facility used to use the bathroom, and you flush the toilet. Okay. There's probably fecal coliform on that handle. There's mm-hmm. pretty much guaranteed there's fecal coliform on the seat. That's why they have seat liners. When you open the little slide thing to get out of the bathroom stall, uh-huh. I guarantee you it has fecal yes. coliform. And the reason I know all this, I swabbed them all at Florida State University of Biochemical Genetics. Huh. It was one of our assignments. Huh. We drew fecal coliform from every single surface. Then you go to the sink and you turn the sink so there's a faucet on. There's fecal coliform on that faucet. Now you wash your hands. Now you turn that same faucet back off. Now you've got fecal coliform back on your hands again. Yes, now you go, yes. to that, you go to the you go to the power the, the towel dispenser. You oh you roll that with your hands. Now you've got more fecal coliform <laughs> on that. And now you go to the door. Eighty percent of the people didn't even wash their hands. You grab that and walk out of the door. Now you reinfected yourself again. Now you touch your nose. You touch your eyes. You touch your nasal triangle. You put your finger in your nose. Whatever. Now you've inoculated yourself with all these diseases. Yes. I yes. Didn't, I didn't do, I didn't do that on the cruise ship, and I stayed extremely healthy. You've got to learn to wash your hands when you go in the bathroom, and then from that point forward, touch everything with towels on the way out. Don't ever touch an yes. exposed surface in a bathroom. Yes, I do that, actually. I do, um, too. People think I'm nuts, but I don't care. I do it. I don't, when I go to church, I'll carry my Bible in one hand. I'll carry my iPad in the other hand, so I don't have to shake hands. 
I've, I've turned into this anti-social creature. And the reason is because as soon as I shake somebody's hand, I know they've shaked another hundred persons, people's hands before they shook my hand, and I've shaked hand, shaken hands with all of those people. I don't want to deal with that and think about that while I'm in the church service. So then as soon as I shake somebody's hand, then I've got to turn back around, go to the bathroom, wash my hands again. <laughs> because I'm a biochemist. And so I know what this stuff does, and I know how contagious it is. And you know I'm right. You took the same classes. It's just, it, and people don't understand that's how this stuff gets transmitted. Well, yes, but, you know, actually there is an, an increase in the number of, um, oh, uh, what do you call it, antiseptic little containers in different public places. Have you noticed that where you live? Right. Yeah, but I tell you what, I really dislike isopropyl alcohol. It's really rough on the liver, and almost every one of those things contain isopropyl alcohol. Well, I mean, uh, well, <laughs> I mean, I guess there's, you know, there's downsides to everything, but <laughs> That's at right. least it's, but there are I'm, containers. That's correct. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, here's a downside. We need, to, we need to stop talking. I'd like to thank you very much. My guest is Dr. Ted Brower. Again, his website is 10foods.com. His book is Breakthrough Health that particularly talks about the immune system. Remember, you heard it here. There are, you know, again, the purpose of today's show wasn't to get you into more of a panic than you already were about all the other things that's um, weighing on us, that are weighing on us, but it's to get you to be a vocal you know, to be out there and to be talking to people and to be, um, to be making sure that more safeties or precautions are put into, into place to protect us from all kinds of things, including Ebola. So uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you, Dr. Brower. Thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 